Welcome to the Biz and Mayhem podcast, where we talk about the mayhem in our lives and how to get ahead in business and your career. This is Chris Batchelor, and I'm here with my co-host, Tara Parker. Let's get started. Well, hey, Tara, welcome to another week of the Biz and Mayhem podcast. And uh, are you staying warm? Yes, I am. I don't think anybody else is, though. <laughs> I think I I'm the only I mean, person in America not participating in this whole let's be cold thing. Yeah, it's been crazy uh, for, you know, everybody that's watching uh, that's not in the Midwest right now. We've had record low temperatures and rolling rack, uh, r- rolling blackouts because uh, there's not enough gas and electricity to go around. Uh, mm-hmm. And so it's it's just been, uh, been kind of crazy. The kids were out of school because it was too cold and I've never had that in my life. You know, we we didn't cancel school because it was too cold. We canceled yeah, school because there was three foot of snow, but not because it was too cold. Yeah, you're not you're not used to this whole let's be weenies in the cold. This is this is serious for us here in the Midwest. We now I think Kansas will see this every so often. So I'm kind of curious as to why some of our Kansans aren't realizing this happens to us like every five to seven years. We get these polar vortexes or whatever they want to call them. Uh, they come through here because I, it was just a few years ago. I do remember having these temperatures and nasty kind of stuff, but um, everybody's acting like the sky has fallen and going crazy. So, um, but I do feel bad for those that are in Texas that are struggling right now that don't have any power and they don't have any heat. And I think some don't even have water right now. The pipes are freezing um, for several homes down in Texas, clear down to Houston. There is snow in the ocean on the beach. This is crazy. Yeah, that's just, it's totally nuts. I saw one of the children's hospitals in Texas was looking for bottled water because they didn't have enough uh, regular water to go around. And I mean, it's just nuts. I mean, where I grew up in New England, you know, you just kind of sucked it up. Nobody was allowed to complain about the cold. I think up there (laughs) we were just, you know, it was wet, cold snow and and a lot of ice. And that's just how it was. And, you know, you put your boots on and your big jacket and your gloves and, and you just did your, you know, hearty New England thing. And, uh, suck it up, buttercup, and move on. But uh, yeah, I think people around here they they forget that every couple of years, you know, and it goes in cycles, right? But I think the right. cycles are far enough apart that people forget about it because we've had several mild winters in a row. I mean, I remember, you know, mm-hmm. after Christmas, the week after Christmas that we have off from work. I mean, working outside and building things and being in shorts. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's not uh, the winter that uh, you're looking for. Right. No, I I agree with that. Um, but it just, I don't know, I guess I've had enough significant things happen. Like I obtained, I, I obtained, I inherited a cat during the last super cold snap with nasty ice and snow. Um, a neighbor's cat was outside meowing at negative 15 outside. It was like 10 o'clock at night. And I was like, what is that meowing sound? And <laughs> look outside, there's this cat like meow. And it walked right into my home and made itself happy. And it's like, oh, you're kidding. Like, who are you? Where did you come from? And, you know, once things thought out, I talked to the neighbors and the one guy's like, now, keep in mind, it's a black female cat. This is important to realize because when I ran to the neighbor across the street and was like, hey, this happened, he's like, oh, yeah, female black cat. That's my cat, JJ. I'm like, oh, okay. What's JJ stand for? Janet Jackson. You need your <laughs> black female cat. Oh, my God. Get, We're done. We're done. We're done. Holy crow. 
So. I was going to say that that was better than what came to mind when you said bring your <laughs> right. cat, cat inside because it's cold. Trust so me. I can't say that on air. I mean, no, I, I mean, you can because we're not regulated, but I, I just can't. I, don't, I can't say that with a straight face and feel confident. I definitely, and besides, I'm pretty sure that um, my, my, I, we might as well call her my auntie mom is watching. And I don't, I can just feel the disturbance in the force if I was to say something that crude on air. I'm pretty sure. Um, I would get a text from her telling me, no, we're, we're just not going to do that. So it's, but yeah, it was something pretty special back then. So I remember those things because there's always something that happens to me during these cold snaps, these polar vortexes, and I'm not looking for anything to happen this time. So y'all keep the traumas to yourself. I'm good. Well, the, the best meme that I saw this week from this whole cold stuff was uh, it said something to the effect of, uh, hey, my friend's up north. Your weather is down here and it's drunk in my drunk yard. My <laughs> come come get <laughs> <Yes>. it. <laughs> I have seen that one, too. I've also seen the one that said I'm, uh, I'm done with my seven-day free trial of the Alaska weather. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. can have it back. Yeah. So oh yes, my gosh. good times. And then it uh, is awesome. I'm trying to find here. I I can't. I don't have it up on the screen, but uh, it our local energy company is called Evergy, and there's a meme going around that says, "Don't be afraid to cut people off, Evergy." It's like one of those little <laughs> romance uh, things that you see on Facebook. That's awesome. That is well. Great. What do you say we get into the news? Because we have a ton uh, of news today for everybody. Uh, we were. Looking Pretty at the serious. show notes and Tara messaged me and she's like, would you just stop putting things in there because we we have enough to talk about. It's like, we didn't skip a week. What happened? <laughs> we just have a lot of news. <laughs> yeah. This is the newsroom. All right. So first up in the newsroom, uh, I'll put this up here. We were talking about... Um, of course, Rush Limbaugh, the news came out today that he passed away. Uh, unfortunately, he had uh, a, a battle with cancer. And, and so, you know, no matter, uh, you know, what your political affiliations are, you know, dying of cancer is not, not something to be, uh, you know, celebrating. But the right. liberals, uh, you know, will stoop to no, no end here with the lows. I mean, what's your take on this? Well, a couple of things here. First off, and, and I thought cancer was always bad, no matter who got it. Like I thought cancer was the devil. Cancer was evil. There's all kinds of marketing items out there that people put on their trucks and on their desks that put down cancer. And so for one, I don't think whoever, anybody who has cancer, it's, it's an unfair disease. Um, I've seen what it can do to people and it wreaks havoc on a body for one that survives it, let alone one that does not. So let's just put that out there. And second, some of these twits, Twitter, I keep calling them twits or tweets, whatever the hell communication they are. Um, some of them are pretty flipping low and I knew they were out there. I was trying to avoid them. So thank you for ruining my Rush Limbaugh day of morning because I, I knew they were these things were going to be said out there. Um, and I get not saying overly nice things or nice things that aren't earned when somebody passes away. But there is a point in time where you do show respect for the dead. And this, the, the idea of respect never even bothered to strike these people at all. These are out, outlandish responses um, from the liberal side of the, uh, the spectrum. They really are. Yeah, I mean, for me, this just goes into the, uh, the conversations that we've had on this show about, you know, political, uh, you know, discourse and uh, certainly how low things have gotten and how people are talking bad about each other and, you know, I think we got into it a, a show last show or the show before about name calling and how, I'm, right. you know, it's just really sad that, you know, all this name calling is now considered acceptable. 
Um, but I mean, I'm, I want to bring up two here that were in the news article specifically, uh, and and that was, uh, you know, feeling sorry for the people of hell who now have to deal with Rush Limbaugh for the rest of eternity. I mean, I think yeah. that one is pretty pretty low. Um, and then the you know this Aaron uh, Treason Mullet Ryan, whoever that is, uh, mm -hmm. God has canceled Rush Limbaugh. So I mean, right. this just truly goes to show that. Um, you know, in my mind, okay, we've got this nasty stuff here on Twitter, right? Why, why is Twitter not being canceled? Well, right. Why is Amazon not pulling Twitter off the air? Why are these people's accounts still active? Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, if you can say something like that about a person who's dead, whether you like them or not, um, you know, that's just hate speech. It's pure hate speech. It violates the terms of service. Get rid of these people. And when we start doing that for both left and right equally, then we'll get back to a place where, you know, the pendulum is centered. Uh, but until then, basically, if you're liberal, you have free reign right now in this country. I, I agree with that one. And this, as you have stated this clearly, we've got examples, multiple examples where people are saying horrific things, things that his family is going to read. And I'm sure they're used to reading some really bad things about Rush Limbaugh, but he's gone. He's gone. If you ever had any issues with him before, your issues went with him. And if they didn't, then you're the one that's got the problems. They were never with Rush. And so um, and what's really funny about this entire thing, the, the very thing that, that pissed these people off about Rush Limbaugh, the very thing that irked him the most was his ability to be outspoken, no matter what it was politically, and to really put some ideas out there. And as he put it, say things that people were thinking but were too afraid to say. He, he made that something big. He, 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 he made that into a, an entire career. And these people are literally piggybacking off of that. They don't understand just how much they have in common with Rush by being outspoken and be able to get away with it. But yet only they can. If you're on the other side of the spectrum, you don't get to. You, yeah. you will be canceled off. You will have your account suspended. You will, you don't, if you don't comply, then you don't get to play. And so that's what really irks me. It's like, you guys don't even understand how much trailblazing this man did for you so that you could speak freely unless you are not one of them. And I know um, in watching all of the, I've been glued to the news um, with the announcement of Russia's passing. Um, and it's, um, you know, we, I, I know, you grew up with him. I know I grew up with him. Our parents listened to this man. And this is how your conservative views were probably formed growing up. And this is how you realized if you were conservative or not, is listening to Rush Limbaugh. I mean, he was the, almost the face for uh, the, 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 the People's Republic, like the actual people who, who were the Republican Party at the, the, the social level, not the political level. And I don't think these people understand just what this man did for them. So they could speak out, but um, only get, they get to enjoy that freedom of speech. If you are on the other side, you run the risk of being taken out completely and having no voice and being forgotten about. And that's just not, it's not okay. And it's just, some of these things out here are just, just amazing to me. They really are. It's very, yeah, it's I mean, hard to what, read What's your favorite saying uh, is, uh, you know, rules for thee, but not for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if Anderson Cooper were to pass away, or, you know, George Stephanopoulos or any of your other liberal commentators and, you, and the right was saying things like, oh, well, people in hell have to deal with him now, right. you know, or God canceled them. I, I mean, the, the people on the left would be going, they would lose their freaking mind. Well, and, they don't get the opportunity is, to because we don't act that way. We, we just say, OK, rest in peace. That's too bad. Move, you know, we move on and we let whoever's grieving grieve. And I say we as 
the people who won't do this kind of thing? Because I'm sure there are people on the liberal side that and the, the democratic side that are not stooping to these levels. It's it's it, it it's the specific um, group out there that feel the need to say these things, these hurtful things. And it's like, it, it just, I, I wish my, I'm disappointed. I wish I was blown away. I wish I was just mind blown, but I'm more disappointed um, and almost hurt that this is what represents us on the social media as a, as Americans. That's what's really Well, I mean, upsetting. it doesn't represent me specifically. I, I think it represents a very specific portion of the left. And I, yeah. I don't think it represents a very large portion of the left. I mean, I, I, I hope think not. that, I, you know, I, I, I really feel like, you know, this, this is just, uh, you know, uh, a very small portion of the left that, that really has the loudest microphone here, you know? Well, maybe it's not the loudest I think they were because they are the, some of the more grotesque things. Um, and this is what's going to sell. I mean, look what it's got us doing. We're talking about it. We're putting it out there and we're marketing it for um, this, you know, foxnews.com at this rate. Um, and we're marketing these people's profiles by putting them out there. Now people are going to go on there and see what else have they said? What else are they talking about? What else are they upset about? And so uh, we're just kind of feeding into the madness of it all, I think. But um, Yep. Sad, I, I, sad, very sad. I mean, should we move on? I mean, we could talk <laughs> online and complain, but it's not going to change anything. But I mean, at the end of the day, I, I think that they're, you know, th this whole notion about, you know, this freedom of speech and this what is acceptable freedom of speech. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's going to come to a head here. And I think you're going to see more and more examples like this as as this uh, goes on. And, and the Biden administration certainly I don't think is helping anything because he hasn't come out and, and condemned any of this hate speech. You know, he hasn't um, condemned anything. Yeah, all, all he's I, he's flirted with the reporters over donuts and coffee. That's about it. Yeah, that, that's another story. All right, let's move on. Uh, so your favorite person, the Gorilla Glue Girl, is is back uh, in the news, and uh, I, she is uh, I, she is now profiting the, off of this whole shenanigan. Let me find my soapbox before we get into all this, because oh, I read this, and I was like, well, I thought we did this last week, and I looked at the article, Mike. You've got no. We, we, there's so many things that we have to unpack here with this chick. Just. Wow. But yeah, she had surgery to have the, the glue removed. So good for her. It's out. Great. Awesome. Um, a couple of things here that um, shocked me. She's 40 with five kids, 40 years old with five kids. And I'm just kind of in, I thought maybe she was in her twenties, like early twenties, something like that. I mean, she's all made up. I have no idea what her age is based on her looks and I don't dare guess it. But she's 40 years old with five kids. She's got to have some sense about her. She's got to have at some point told the kid, put down the glue, don't eat the glue. I've, I've, I've told my kids that. I think everybody does, you know, or put the glue away. You'll glue yourself to get things like that. I'm just, I'm still kind of trying to wrap my brain around the fact she's 40 years old with five kids and decided to spray glue into her hair. I'm just, wow. No, just, and now she's, she, she's capitalizing on, so she's not a complete idiot. You know what I mean? Like she, right. she found an opportunity and she's cashing in on it. So she's got some sense about her. Now I know some people are out there and they are speculating that she did this on purpose, that she literally knew the glue should not have gone to her hair. She sprayed it in there anyway and decided to go and make it viral by going on TikTok. And it's like, that would take a lot of strategy. And that's one hell of a risk. I realize business is about risks, but that's really risky. To yeah, try I'm, I'm with you. I don't think that she did this calculated. I think this was a happy accident <laughs> that, <laughs> yes. that has worked out for her. 
<laughs> a happy accident. That's awesome. Uh, but she's got a whole line out for $123. You can suit yourself from head to toe in her likeness from her TikTok video. Um, her, uh, rightfully so, some of her social media stuff and some of her um, line is saying it, uh, feeling blessed. And I'm sure that she does. But she did do something really cool. I will give her credit for this. And again, this goes to her ability to think, which is still creditable or it's still debatable at this point. But the $20,000 that was raised for her on the GoFundMe page, she actually donated um, to, or she's, yeah, she's donating to start a foundation that was started by the surgeon. Anyway, she's not keeping the GoFundMe page. The, she's making money off of her clothing line. The surgeon did the surgery for free. Um, and now she's taking that GoFundMe page and she's donating those proceeds. So that is really cool. Like she's not, to me, she's not trying to, um, she's not, she's not trying to lose her integrity over this deal. You know, she's trying to do the right thing, even though she knew what she did was, I, I think as her, what is she quoted as bad, 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 bad idea uh, yeah. you think <laughs> <laughs> so i mean good for her there is definitely a learning opportunity and i think she is learning on it she's capitalizing on it i mean if you can make money off of being dumb for 30 seconds while spraying hairspray or glue into your hair more power to you but i don't feel bad i know people feel bad for her and they're saying she needs empathy and compassion i don't think so she's got enough of mine of her own to make some money off the deal she's doing fine as i said i think she's <laughs> making money quite it she's she's profiting well or she's doing fine she's she's gonna be okay she can buy a wig now if she needs to it's great well apparently from what i was reading in the surgery they were able to actually save her hair and didn't actually have to shave it off so i mean this guy he, apparently he knows his chemistry yeah they said that the um the main uh component of this um extra strength gorilla glue is epoxy and so i a little bit of research and and um you can find out how to, to break that down. And I think they use like a combination of different things, um, aloe vera and, oh, where was it? I saw it in here. Um, but he just used a combination of stuff and took it, got it right out. And I guess she was really emotional when she was able to run her fingers through her hair. Of course, after more than 30 days of not being able to even touch a hair on your head, you know, you'd probably be pretty, I mean, I mean, and quite honestly, if you think you've jacked something up so bad and you're like, this will never ever be the same like it'll never even grow out like how are they gonna get it off of my head and then to realize oh my god somebody saved my backside thank god i mean there is definitely a huge <gasps> yeah i mean so <sighs> i i mean but what a way to become viral and what a way to make money i mean she's gonna go on a some sort of game show in 30 years from now and somebody's gonna be like how'd you become a millionaire you know she'll be the one that's like i put super glue in my head and i made a million dollars off of it that is gonna be her story 30 years from now yeah either that or she'll be at the bar and be like oh yeah funny story about that <laughs> so i drank away my millions that i earned from putting glue in my hair <laughs> yeah oh yeah so gosh, I, I mean I, I felt i felt bad for her because you know i mean not everybody is up on the technical things of these things and then I kind of feel, don't feel bad a little bit because it does say don't put on skin, which, you know, hair is skin. So I don't know, but I'm, I'm glad that she was able to have her surgery and things are good uh, and that yeah, she's donating the money and, and not really, you know, keep, keeping all this money based on doing something ridiculously crazy. So uh, yeah. anyhow, let, let's move on. Uh, we have another of your favorite friends in the news is uh, Britney Spears. That she's my favorite. I keep forgetting that she's ever, unless I hear a Britney Spears song on the radio, and that rate 
and this is so sad. This is how old we're getting, Chris. And then I know some people who are older than us are going to roll their eyes. But when you hear Britney Spears song, you almost have to think, wait a second, is that now considered like a classic song from back in the day for us? Like that was our <laughs> high school years. So it's like, wait, yeah, which song when, is this? When they start playing your high school songs on the classic rock station, <laughs> that's when you know you've kind of jumped the shark, right? No, you've made it. You've made it. That's it's a passage, right? A passage into senior citizenship. <laughs> that's what it is. We're making it. We're we're gaining. Okay, that, I'll, I'll let you call it that. I'm still going to think that I'm, it's the sign that I'm old. But uh, <laughs> I want to remind everybody, too, if you're uh, following along at home or on your phone, uh, if you want to, you can bring up the website bizandmayhem.com. We've published all of the links to all of these articles on here. So if you want to follow along and, and read more into any of these, you can do that. Uh, and that's at bizandmayhem.com. And uh, so now I'm going to bring up the, uh, the Britney Spears article here. And uh, so Britney Spears' father loses the bid to retain control of delegating her investments. Um, this is that joint conservatorship that we talked about uh, a few shows back. Uh, and it's really a crazy deal because he had literally total control of her life. I mean, yeah. you know, as if she was a child. Um, and so uh, it's just crazy the amount of control that he had. Um, and apparently Britney is now better. There was this free Britney uh, thing that was trending on Twitter. And uh, so now it, it seems like he doesn't really have control of her life anymore. Um, no. And so I, I guess uh, that's a good thing, right? Yeah, I would, th I would think so. Like that seems to make sense. Um, I don't know what kind of frame of mind she's in mentally. I, so if she, somebody had to have conservatorship, then clearly there was some question to her ability to make good decisions. Um, I don't know that that conservatorship should ever be solely rested upon one family member. I think that's um, asking for trouble later on um, just because you can, it's like lending money to and lending money to family. It's one of those things you really don't want to do. You just kind of want to give it to them um, just to avoid all the drama of it. So um, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's been a battle for her. I know this is not the first time that this has come to question, but it's uh you kind of have to wonder though, it's like if, if he's truly transparent and he's making all the right decisions, then, you know, I think there's some fuss over, they wouldn't do, um, they wouldn't take the control away from him, but he now he does a co-conservatorship with a third party company that specializes in this kind of thing. He and his attorney fought that and lost. And you kind of have to wonder why fight it? You know, yeah. if, if you were going to turn it over to a third party anyway, why not why does it matter who it's turned over to unless you have some, some vested interest in the, the company that you chose? So I'm a little skeptical of, in Britney's favor on this one. Well, I, I think this would be a thing that we, you know, it wouldn't be a deal if there wasn't a bunch of money at stake. Right. <laughs> and yeah, so I didn't I, I think, she's worth, she's still worth millions. I didn't realize that. Yeah. And so, I, I mean, I think this is a deal with, you know, uh, basically whoever has us can control all the millions. Right. And yeah. go tell Britney where to go and what to do. And, Apparently, you know, I mean, she had some, some mental uh, health issues and now she's better. Um, so, I mean, if she's better and able to, you know, take her care of her own affairs, I don't see why the court would keep this conservatorship around. So there must be more to it than that, but, uh, but there certainly right. is a lot of money at stake. And, uh, and it, I, I guess it's, it's, for me, it's really sad to see a adult who, you know, appears to be fairly cognizant and be able to take care of their own affairs to still, uh, you know, have the court sort of meddling in this. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, there's a lot more going on here and it just made a, it's a nice way to get Brittany back into the limelight though. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. It is a good way to get her sort of back in the news. So, <laughs> uh, so some more entertainment news here. Um, and I can never say her name, right. Uh, Gina 
Carino, Carano, Carino. She's the gal from The Mandalorian, which I know you haven't seen, but uh, <laughs> but uh, Jean is one of the actors, um, and you know she's a, a MMA fighter turned actress, and um, she's she for you know as far as a, a role model, a female role model, she's uh, awesome. Uh, she definitely kicks butt. Is entertaining to watch. Um, I mean, her acting is probably not going to win an Emmy anytime soon, but, uh, you know, definitely is uh, a, an integral part of the show at this point. Um, and anyhow, she had some, uh, you know, fairly conservative leanings uh, on social media. Uh, and Disney has now gone and fired her for those political views. Um, the problem is her co-star, uh, the guy that plays the actual Mandalorian, the male, has much more uh, liberal, you know, he's got some actually fairly shocking things out there and disney is giving that a pass and keeping him on and signing him for more seasons so um, oh interesting I, you know i think this is uh you know if, if they had fired her for the you know the conservative uh things and then you know nobody else on the show had really controversial tweets then it'd be one thing but here you have a direct example of uh you know i think she's gonna eventually maybe win for discrimination if she goes against you know goes for it but um she has signed up for another show uh a conservative talk show type thing uh so we wish her the best there but uh fans are kind of kind of ir irritated over this so i'm gonna bring this up um you know they're they're uh they're not happy about losing her <laughs> off the show um and i kind of wonder if this is one of those things where you know after uh, a period of time maybe she's just going to show back up probably so i mean she's she's caught the attention of i think it's the daily wire that she's going to be doing this new show with and so um and i think daily wire is more about the um the the counter um to the cancel culture that's taking place so somebody had to step up and do it so i'm glad that ben shapiro and his company are um but i, I again if you can go on and say the negative things about rush limbaugh that were said um, in his passing on the day of his passing, I mean, we're not even, the body's not even cold yet. And we're already got hate messages coming through. Um, then why can't she say these things and somebody just say, you know, that's probably not okay. Or just ignore it. Um, she has said some other things that have been overlooked a little bit, but so this is definitely, um, hypocrisy at its best. Yeah, I mean, I didn't see anything in her tweets that was like, "Oh, that's really bad," <laughs> you know. Uh, I mean, she was she was making some fairly. Uh, I guess people got upset. There was a post that mentioned Hitler, and and I mean, but what what she said was, you know, basically this is how Hitler took control of the people, and she she wasn't wrong, <laughs> you know. Right. Well, but you gotta. So it hurts somebody's feelings somewhere, and that's what's important. You know the. It, despite what Shapiro and his his group say that facts uh, don't care about your feelings, some people feel very differently about that. Um, but I think she's going to do really well, though. As I think as she moves on and and she hooks up with Ben Shapiro and his company, I think um, because she's not afraid, she's she's good to take risks. I think she's going to do really well, um, no matter what it is. If she goes back to fighting or sticks to the acting or a talk show, whatever she does, I think she's going to land out there on top. So I think she's one of. I think we're looking at one of the. Um, first trailblazers in the the comeback kids from the cult, the cancel culture. Yeah, I think you're right. I think she's going to do just fine, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing her on a on a you know part that's not just kind of fighting in action. You know, to see what she's actually got to say. So, uh, looking yeah. forward to that. Absolutely. What do you got next? 
All right, next we have, uh, so you know that joke everybody makes about, you know, Chick-fil-A taking over the driver's license office, and oh, that reminds me I moved, so I have to go back to the driver's license office to get my new address, <laughs> no. but that's a whole other thing. But, you know, everybody always jokes that, oh, Chick-fil-A should, you know, tell the government how to run things like the driver's license <laughs> office. Or the, the, what is it, the vaccination yeah, so uh, they actually are doing that. Uh, the owner of Chick-fil-A is in Memphis, or maybe one of the owners. I don't know if there's more than one, uh, but I'll bring this up here. Um, so he actually went and advised uh, the Memphis area vaccinations on how to run their lines more efficiently. Uh, and I thought this was fantastic. I think that Chick-fil-A should, should start up another company if they haven't already and how to uh, make business more efficient. Uh, but uh, they, they uh, ba basically, if you read the article, it says he went and advised the people that were doing the vaccinations and he found a couple things that they could tweak and increase their, you know, the throughput and, and the, reduce the time that people were standing in the line. That's awesome. It took a fast food, fast food company to tell them how to do it right. Right. Yeah, I think uh, I mean, I think it's awesome that, uh, you know, this is a great example of how business can definitely help government. And, uh, and mm -hmm. I think I think we need to see more of that. Yeah, I do, too. I think we've got some really great ideas out there that should be shared and the government should definitely implement. Um, it's working for this plan. And I don't know how many shots they're getting as the new saying goes, how many shots in the arm they're getting out there right now. But I think they wanted a million today. I don't know if they're making that number, but um, I know the vaccinations are back on the controversial chopping block. Um, but I'm glad that at least they've got some processes in play and they're, they're making some things work so that for those who want to be vaccinated, they have the opportunity, hopefully, and I'm, from what I understand, that's not true in every state, but at least they've got some guidance and some uh, expertise on the matter. That's what's important, right? <laughs> yeah, that's definitely <laughs> what's important. Uh, so speaking of government uh, yeah. doing well with business, the next one we have is not so much. Um, of course, up in New York State, they've had this big fiasco now where Governor uh, Como, I think it is, right, has, uh, has now um, under uh, the scrutiny of the people up there, and it looks like they, they might be getting close to doing an investigation. Uh, it seems like he's misrepresented the uh, number of deaths from, from uh, nursing homes, and so uh, there's a big, right. big to-do about that. There is. Um, it was, he had one of his aides come out last week and say, hey, we underreported by maybe 50% of the COVID deaths in the nursing homes. And so this has created a big, huge response from both sides of the, um, the political stance. And uh, now everybody wants an investigation. And Cuomo's come out saying, it's not my fault. I don't think you guys understand. We just, we just provided a void of the, in the information. That's all we did. Now, what you all did with the void is up to you. We didn't tell you what to do with that void. We just, we should have managed the void a little better, but... And then he's also been stated, um, he's been um, he's been on camera saying that, you know, people didn't die in the nursing homes from people coming into the nursing homes from the hospitals. They died from the staff. They died from the visitors. They died from everything but the hospital people that we sent into there. And it's like, um, you do realize you are a crappy liar, sir. Like you, yeah. you no longer have mastered the, you've, you're caught and you're caught with evidence and like the, the very narcissist that he is, and he's pulling that gaslighting thing. And if you're not familiar with gaslighting folks, look up these videos of Cuomo denying. And he's like, because he's, he's not saying I didn't do it. It's, you don't understand. That's not how it happened. What happened right. was this. And so just textbook gaslighting. He's going to be under investigation. They're calling for his COVID powers to be revoked. 
Um, I, I will be surprised um, if his Emmy for leadership during the COVID pandemic is not taken away from him as well. Um, but he's got some serious answering to do. And I think you're going to find that this might be one of the few times that somebody from that side is caught in a web of lies and he's going to be held accountable, clear, because he's got both sides ticked off with him now. Yeah, I'm, I'm holding my crossing my fingers here that he's held accountable, but I, my hopes aren't really all that high. I think the story's going to die out and we, we probably won't hear about it again. But in reality, you know, maybe he needs to go to jail. But uh, I mean, <laughs> if he knowingly put people in nursing homes and then, I mean, that's what he, it, he hid information from the government. So he's got um, federal charges that are going to come up against him. This is not just his state because um, he's the governor of New York. These are federal charges because he was afraid of, of, of Trump's administration coming after him. And so he's, I don't know that this will go away. This may not, this may be something they can't ignore now. Can they buy it off? We've, we've definitely seen um, some money taking some, uh, making some decisions for people out there and the political um, world. So I'm hoping um, that with as much, um, it's not being reported on the way it should be but I'm, I'm hoping they hold him accountable and take him out of office because I don't think he should be in a position making any kind of decisions or decision of or any kind of power platforms. Well, o- only time will tell. And uh, speaking of federal charges, of course, we had the Trump impeachment, which I am <laughs> shocked that we are almost 30 minutes into our broadcast and we haven't mentioned Trump at all. I've so been good. I've been good. We're getting better. <laughs> Uh, so anyhow, <laughs> this next one here is, uh, of course, they had the impeachment and he didn't get, uh, you know, it didn't go all the way through, um, I, I guess, convicted. Is that how you say it? Yeah, or- he was um, he was it's he wasn't convicted. He was what is the it's not not guilty. He, he was acquitted. Thank you. Yes, he yeah. was acquitted. So he was acquitted. I'm going to bring this up here. And uh, this just made me laugh. I mean, literally laughed out loud. The Trump attorney, uh, after impeachment, went, we're going to Disney World. Because <laughs> the, the reporters asked what's next, you know. So, I, I mean, that just cracked me up. But, That's uh, awesome. <laughs> you know, the we're thing the to- thing here is I saw an article. I didn't put it in. But uh, I guess Pelosi's looking at doing some sort of a 9-11 uh, style uh, investigation, investigation to find yeah. out about this whole insurrection thing. And I was just like, when are these people going to leave this alone? Until they can keep, they want to, perm- they want to block him from coming to office. So whatever they can do. So they'll have this investigation, not for any other reason than what can else can we get Trump for? We, we didn't get him on this one. We didn't get him on this one, but can we get him on this one? Because unfortunately he can still be impeached. Um, if anything occurred during his time in office, they can still impeach him, which is just going to prevent him from coming back to office. And so I, I do believe that's what this investigate, this 9-11 type of investigation. But And that's a waste of taxpayer money, in my opinion, but that's just an opinion. Um, so I think this is just still what we've all known has, has been happening. If you're from if you're on the right side or have any understanding of things, I say that loosely, I guess. Um, but it's a witch hunt. It is a continued witch hunt to get Trump. To, because he won't bend for politics. You can't buy him off. You can't blackmail him. You can't control him. And so the next thing you can do is just try to keep him from power. 
And well, so I and, think that's what that was about. I think it's, uh, it sets a bad precedent, certainly, because they're already talking about if the Republicans win um, enough seats back over at the midterms in two years, that they're going to impeach Harris because she was, you know, uh, bailing out protesters last, you know, this last summer. So I don't know about that. I don't well, know she if you encouraged can go back. it. Yeah, I mean, so, but I don't know. Can you really go back to before somebody was vice president and impeach him? I guess they tried to impeach somebody that wasn't president anymore after his term ended. So maybe it's fair game. But I mean, how long are we going to actually not do the business of the country and deal with all this? Oh, I don't like what they said or what they did. So I'm just going to do an impeachment thing. And then we're going to, you know, spend all this time and waste all this money doing impeachment, impeachment, impeachment. These people yeah. need to just suck it up realize that it's everything is done is done and they need to get back to work and start doing the work of the people. Well, good luck with that because they don't work for the people. They work for their pocket and they, however they get that money. I agree. And the, the next article I have here is uh, former police chief uh, really reading the riot act to the Democrats because, you know, this last summer it was defund the police, defund the police. Uh, cops are bad, defund the police, you know, yep. systemic racism, defund the police. Well, and now all of a sudden that, you know, we've had this insurrection. Now all of a sudden police are good and, you know, it's like eggs are bad, eggs are good. And this, this police chief is basically saying, I ain't buying it. You, yeah. You know, you guys only are, are, you know, telling us that you're on our side now because it's convenient for you because you want our protection. Um, and at the end of the day, uh, this is not really who you are, and you know, stop being a political hack, basically. Well, you know, you know why they want the police protection, because they they finally heard the grumblings from the from society saying, "You just surrounded yourself at Capitol Hill with a wall." I thought walls didn't work, so you got to have another answer for that kind of stuff. This is, I, I'm glad this guy came out. I'm glad this police chief came out and said, what literally what everybody's thinking that you know, how dare you. Um, they spent an entire so many resources trying to convince the public that police are evil. And I'm, I still see posts on my Facebook feed. It's really hard not to delete those people because um, I, I do want to value and honor their ability to speak out. But at the same time, I want to throat punch them for saying, this is why we should defund the police. It's like, you have no idea what you're talking about. No idea at all. You can't just throw blanket statements around. There are a few bad cops out there, probably several hundreds and thousands of them. But to, to paint every officer that goes out and defends his area, the people in his area, as being bad just because it, that's, that is a form of racism. It's not based on the skin, but it is based on the, a, 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 a conscious choice that people make. Um, and so it's, well, I'm glad this I guy mean, stepped up. So certainly being a cop is a really difficult job. And, they, and honestly, they yeah. don't get paid a lot of money, right? So, I right. mean crazy respect out there for me and to anybody that is in that you know sort of a position because it's not it's not an easy job and it and it is one where you do put your life on the line right yeah, um, yeah but, i've um i've got several members of my family that are cops and um it, it's hard to watch them go through it because they they don't get to get involved they don't get to have these feelings that they see people have they have to stop the feelings put logic into a situation and try to solve it and sometimes that means that they, they put themselves in very dangerous situations and just to throw that out the window only to reel it back in to say, Oh wait, hold on. We need you to protect us. Can you get the guns that we're getting ready to ban and protect us from those people over there? That'd be great. Thanks. But sleep in the garage when you're done. Yeah. 
Well, I, I, I don't know about the sleep in the garage part, but uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're talking about uh, the, that the was the, the National, National Guard, Guard. National yeah. Guard troops. But, yeah, okay, but, but you see what sense. I'm saying? They're, they're still, it's, it's just an overall treatment that the first full circle of the whole thing. Yeah, circle. I mean, this is certainly a convenience to the left, right? I mean, they're going to yeah. be, they're going to, and I did see in Minneapolis, uh, I think was where they're, you know, they had made several cuts to the police after the George Floyd thing. And now they've realized, oh, yeah. well, crime has gone up and they just, uh, I, I forget the number it was like 8 million or 68 million. I can't remember, but there was a, a large sum of money they just appropriated to hire more police officers now because they realize that, Hey, they cut back too far. So, I mean, you, you know, public those... policy is a, is a balance, right. And, uh, you know, you certainly need enough people to do the job, but, um, not so many people that all you're doing is writing speeding tickets. Right. Well, and you gotta wonder after all of the drama and politics that have taken place in Minneapolis, and now they want, they've, they've put forth a, they've, they're funding the police now to rebuild the police department. I'm curious as to what those applications are going to look like. Oh yeah. I mean, they're, they're not going to get applications of people that are 20 years experience and things like that. I mean, they're going to get, no. you know, they're going to get people that are either just out of the military or, or pretty young. And, um, you know, I mean, it's just going to take time for them to, to build up. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And good luck to them because I, it's, sometimes you, you get what you ask for and you probably should have thought it through before you did, unfortunately. Yeah. So the next story here is, uh, uh, I think it's pretty ingenious. It's, uh, so, you know, when you uh, play music on social media live, you know, the live videos, like if we were to play music on this show, it could get censured or, or taken down if the, if we use copyrighted music. Um, so now mm -hmm. police uh, in Beverly Hills are using this to their advantage. Uh, I'll bring this up here because uh, a new video shows Beverly Hills cops playing Beatles to trigger the Instagram copyright filter. Uh, so this is where uh, somebody got pulled over by the cops and they started to live stream this interaction with the cops in case something went bad. Well, the cops are getting smart and they're just starting to play the Beatles music so that when the live stream is on Instagram, the Instagram filter just goes, oh, this is copyrighted music. And, it's, and it instantly takes it down. That is outstanding. That is how you do that. That is awesome. How do they, yeah, so thought, how do you I figure that, that, that really out? Awesome. Oh, that's Well, great. I mean, it, it's just, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where somebody went, well, here's the rules. And you know, if we do this, then here's how it's going to react. So, uh, I, I think it's pretty ingenious myself. That is, yeah, I am so happy they figured that out. That is outstanding. Oh my gosh. That is great. All right, I did so, not realize that before. So to go from something outstanding to something that is Zuck standing, um, have oh, you, God. Did, did you realize that, um, so Apple and Facebook are now kind of getting into it. I don't know if you follow the news on this at all. I don't think so. What is this? So Apple has decided that, um, so Tim Cook of Apple specifically, um, said a couple of weeks ago that, you know, Facebook does not need to store all this data from everybody to have, uh, to make money on advertising. Right. And so right. essentially he says, you know, I mean, we had for years advertising uh, before we could collect data on people like we do now. Uh, and so you don't need to do it all. And, and people should have their privacy. And, uh, and so this kind of started a sort of a little bit of a feud back and forth. Um, so I'll bring this up here now. So Zuckerberg wants to, quote, inflict pain on Apple for privacy changes. So now 
uh, in the Apple Store. Uh, they've changed how the privacy settings work on these apps. And so now the applications can't just suck your data up without asking you first. Uh, okay. You have to opt into these things, which is a good change. Uh, but apparently the Zuck is pretty TO'd off of it. I can't imagine. <laughs> so, yeah, I think, I mean, I think this is a good thing. Um, but, I mean, I, I could see this feud getting to the point where the Facebook app gets pulled off of the Apple Store until they decide to comply with the terms of service, right? Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what happened to Parler. No, no terms of service, you know, don't comply with terms of service, you're out of here. Um, and Facebook is certainly doing that on a large scale. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see where this uh, kind of falls out. Yeah, that that's it'll be interesting to see if it even goes through. If Apple really does pull the the app from their store, this is interesting. That's oh, this is what happens when nerdy egos feud. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. But but this is the you know the same thing of you know well here's a rule and you're going to follow it or else right. Yeah. Um, so anyhow, on some uh, on some happier news, I found an article here about uh, have you heard about Elon Musk's uh, Internet service called no. Starlink? Um, so you may have heard about these satellites that are going across the sky and they, they look kind of weird because they're in a grid pattern. Okay. Um, but basically, the idea is these satellites will provide high speed Internet um, to areas without having to have cables and things like that. So um, you can basically put a dish outside in your yard um, and that'll give you high-speed internet from all these little satellites that Elon Musk has put up in the sky. Um, and so the satellite dish is, it's not like a TV dish that's kind of, you know, dished in. It's just a flat, you know, it's a flat round disc. Um, and so there was a guy here that did uh, some testing. And the article is, Starlink's dishy flat face faces off against snow buildup and real world test. And so... Uh, I don't know if you remember, uh, was it last year or, or two years ago, uh, they had uh, Bodie McBoatface in, in England. Um, so this is a kind of a take on uh, Dishy McFlatface. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> on that. So, uh, but, yeah, so apparently um, the guy shoveled a bunch of snow on this dish to see, you know, how it would work in cold climates. And the snow did uh, kind of reduce the Internet speed a little bit, but still had pretty good speed overall. So that's kind of good news. Uh, but essentially, you know, Elon Musk wants to offer reasonably cost internet uh, at high speeds for, you know, for everyone. So uh, for 600 bucks, you can buy in and buy the receiving equipment. And then supposedly uh, at some point you'll be able to, uh, you know, to, to link into the service. But this will give you internet service basically in rural areas, which is really important. Um, yeah. It'll give you internet service, you know, in uh, urban areas as well. So um, I think this is going to be a disruptor for the internet industry. I think people like Cox Cable, AT&T, uh, Verizon, they're all going to have to significantly lower their prices to stay competitive with, uh, with Starlink. Yeah, they will. It'll be interesting to see what happens on that one. Um, I know I wouldn't mind seeing my internet prices go down considerably especially since we're in a monopoly yeah, area. Mine either. I mean, there's really only one option where I'm at mm -hmm. uh, and it's expensive. It is. And it is, but when you own the market, you can be expensive because there's mm -hmm. nobody else there to, to tell you how to, how to run your prices or to, to, to corny. And that's really sad. I mean, there is a competitor and I'm really considering changing. Um, and just, um, especially since I found out that uh, our, our local provider is not going to be providing, providing um, cable anymore starting in 2025, I think, 
they're going to do away with cable entirely and just go to internet and, and phone services. And so it's yeah. kind of makes me want to jump the jump the ship now and grab onto something else. I'm excited too. I, I hope that this will, I mean, I, I think this will reduce internet rates somewhere by about half God. or maybe 80%, which would be even, even a good thing. So we'll see. Oh, yeah. um, it, it's definitely going to bring internet to places that, you know, didn't have internet before. So uh, that's a really good plus. So, um, and then the last article I have here is kind of a nerdy one, but it's interesting. And it's a video that shows uh, these guys set up 500 mousetraps um, to show the effect of how diseases spread uh, with and without vaccines. So um, herd immunity explained with 500 mousetrap shows why vaccines work. Um, really interesting video. If you have just a couple of minutes to go watch this thing, it, uh, it shows you um, exactly how uh, people will be infected because as the mousetrap goes off, they have ping pong balls on top of the mousetraps. Um, so as the mouse traps go off, the ping pong balls go up and then they hit the next mouse trap and then the next one. And it's sort of a chain reaction. So, uh, really interesting video. And then they show you how they, uh, vaccinate so many people by taking away these ping pong balls. Right. Um, yeah. and then, uh, and then run the test again. So, uh, really, really kind of interesting. There's some slow motion video on there. It looks really cool. Uh, highly advised people go check it out if you're interested in the vaccines and how they, you know, why, why having a vaccine is important and that sort of thing. All right, then. Cool. And uh, last but not least, so we're at the end of our news segment here, but I wanted to give ourselves a shameless plug here. Uh, <laughs> so we, uh, we did set up a Patreon account, which uh, I'll bring up here. And Patreon is a way for you to support the show um, by donating every month. And so it makes it very easy uh, you can go in and click join and then put your information in. And once a month, it'll withdraw the amount that you select. Um, so we have three membership levels. The first one is intern, uh, intern level. And uh, basically for the cost of a uh, pretty cheap cup of coffee, not even a fancy cup anymore, uh, for the co cost of a cup of coffee per month, you can support the show. Uh, we do have a manager level at $15 per month that gives you uh, some more benefits. Uh, but we're going to do meet and greets every now and then with uh, people that are manager or member levels above. Uh, and those will be on Zoom that you can uh, kind of meet other people. So we think that would be really valuable. Um, and that yeah. level is only uh, $15 a month. And then we have the executive level, uh, which is $100 per month. And that gives you a monthly one-on-one -on -one strategy call with Tara and I. Uh, it also gets you access to those meet and greets um, and access to special bonus content. So uh, if you can, take a minute, go and support the show. We would really appreciate it. Um, you know, making this show is not free. Um, so right now we're paying for it out of our pocket. Uh, and we're really just looking to cover the cost of, of making this content. So um, help donate to the show so we can do great things and, uh, and bring this, you know, the information to more people. Um, and also when you join on Patreon, it gives you a way for us to, for you to contact us, uh, sort of throughout the week on discord, uh, and, and interface and chat with us one-on-one. -on -one. So uh, a lot of great benefits there. If you have just a few minutes, please uh, go to Patreon. The link is in the show notes and, uh, go just set up your donation. We would really appreciate it. That would be awesome. Do it for us. Do it for you. Just do it. That'd be great. Yeah, I mean, I think this is, you know, a show that we want to take in the direction that our followers are, you know, want us to go. So we'd love to hear back from you. 
Um, you know, and, and when you support the show that allows us to do uh, better content and more content yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So uh, if you have a few minutes, just go there and, and set up your donation. We would really appreciate it. And of course, your costs, you know, your donations go directly towards, you know, keeping us on the air. So uh, donate to us and we would love you forever. <laughs> and ever and ever and ever. All right. You're so ready I, to do we, I was just going to say, go ahead. <laughs> Uh, career workout, here we come. It's time to work that career and lift and push and lift and push. You got it. Now harder, lift and push. It's the career workout. All right, so uh, this week on career workout, Tara, what have we got? We have got a little bit of uh, information from powerofpositivity.com. And this week I was, um, somebody had um, actually approached me about how to deal with people being negative at work. They were fine with dealing with negative people out in public because they can respond however they choose. And they, they were honest. They're like, they're typically not the nicest person when they respond to negative people out in public, but the way they respond in public can't be the same way they respond professionally. And so... Uh, we, we had a little coaching session about that. And so um, I wanted to share some tips that I had shared with this person and I wanted to find an article because I didn't write my own. I found this one. I don't agree with everything in it, but there's some really great talking points in this to share. And so 10 smart ways to respond to a negative person. And this is more specifically at work. Do we have to? Uh, <laughs> see that right there. This is, you know, Chris, I love you. And also stop. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> do we have to do this article? Really? This is exactly why, why we're doing do this we have article. To do career workout. <laughs> see, for, people, for do you see what that... I see? Where I got my idea from? Do y'all see? <laughs> for those that haven't figured it out, I love giving her a hard time. So. Yes, he does because he can. He is one of the few guys I will let get my goat. He's one of the very, very few people I'll let get away with it. Anybody else, I'll just ignore and walk away. Which I also learned that trick from you. Thank you, by the way. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> and uh, if Shane's out there, I learned that from you. <laughs> or should I say, because da of Shane? David's out there, so David is laughing to himself <laughs> right now. I'm pretty sure. So anyway, we, with COVID and things changing and people having to do things they don't want to do, being negative can become a very, um, very easy to pick up talent, we'll call it. And it's really not a talent, but it's a mentality. And so in talking with the person I was coaching this week about how you deal with negative people, how do you, how do you get past those people? How do you not stoop to their level and say something defensively? And, and that initiates that, um, that static between you and your coworker. And so found this article, 10 different ways. We're going to start with the first one. And this one I totally agree with. Don't take things personally. Um, at work, we, sh we should have relationships at work, right? We should be able to talk with our coworkers and our employees and our managers. And we should be able to say things in an articulated kind of way so that we're not trying to offend somebody, but we do need to get our point across. But there's just times where you have to realize that just because somebody said something um, short, sweet, and to the point. It doesn't mean they're mad at you or they don't like you. It just means they're trying to get a point across and move on to the next point. I used to have a coworker who um, did not describe herself as friendly for a reason. <laughs> She's like, I'm not friendly. I just put it out there so you don't have to wonder about me. And that was one of the things I loved about her. She would say anything she needed to say in a professional manner. And because she would always put that disclaimer out there, you knew it wasn't about you. It was just her way of taking care of business. 
And so, and that's probably one of the hardest things and one of the toughest things to deal with at work is to not take things personally. Don't take somebody's change in their attitude as, oh, they, they must be mad at me. Or your, your boss's um, request to meet with you as a means of this, this must be me being in trouble. You know, you got to take things with a grain of salt and be very open-minded to what's going on. So when you've got a negative personality coming at you, they're probably just negative for their own reasons and they have nothing to do with you. And even if they did, it's unlikely that it's anything that you'd probably want to change. But so don't take things personally. Let things roll off your back and just go with the flow. If people are going to be mean and nasty, let them be mean and nasty. That's not your, that's not your horse to ride. Um, so let somebody else figure that one out for you. I think number two says to, you know, says to do not rationalize their behavior. This is kind of tricky. I don't think in the, as you read through it, it, it bottom lines it out to don't reason with a person. So I think that's really the point of this tip is you don't want to reason with somebody who's being negative. They're being negative because not because they're not being logical. They're being negative because they're being emotional. Something bothers them. And it's really doesn't, it's not up to you to try and rationalize that behavior or reason with it. It's up to you to just say, oh, okay, that's fine. If that's how you feel, that's great. We'll move on. Um, you don't want to try and figure, you don't want to fix somebody in the workplace. That's not your job. That's not what you're there to do. You know, if you've got enough issues with somebody that you need to take it up to leadership to have them deal with it, then do that. But trying to rationalize somebody else's behavior or trying to reason with it will drive you crazy. And it may actually instigate that negative behavior out of you. So you really want to be careful how you communicate with somebody who's got a real negative behavior. Let them hear you. Um, th this is one of those I'm kind of um, kind of sketchy on. Um, it's it's it says to make your voice heard to these people, but sometimes people with negative attitudes, they're not listening the right way. And so it, the trick is to figuring out how they communicate so you can talk to them so they do hear you. But with people with the negative attitudes, they don't want a lot of fluff. They don't want a lot of unnecessary detail. They don't want to hear about your your home life. They're just not interested in anything but work. They want to go home. They want to go to work, do their work, go home, and that's it. Call it a day. And so you really need to respect that. But if you want them to hear, you need to figure out what they're going to listen to. And so you do need to adapt to them a little bit. So this one is kind of one of those like, yeah, kind of kind of play this to your own ear in your own environment at work. Be compassionate. I do agree with this one. And I like this one. You don't want to baby somebody who's negative, but you just kind of want to be like, is everything okay? You seem kind of off today. I wouldn't use the term negative, especially in today's culture. You might get canceled. Who knows? But <laughs> um, you just kind of want to show compassion to somebody. If they're really a negative person, just remember they're a negative person and accept them for that. That's one of the things about today's culture and inclusion themed um, I guess it's diversity and inclusion culture themed cultures that are taking place in the organizations out there and in, um, in social media and just kind of a worldwide effect. I don't think some people understand that sometimes the best person that you are, that somebody else is, is negative. That is who they are, whatever they're dealing with, whatever issues they have, that's their response to life. And that is the best version of them that you're going to get. And you're going to have to accept that. You can't change it. You can't force it. You can't do anything to it. Leadership will address it as they need to. So you just need to be compassionate that, okay, this person is just going through a thing and I'm just going to adapt to that and I'm not going to feed into it. And so I'm, I'm a big person. I'm a big proponent of being compassionate without babying or being condescending. 
Tip number five, separate yourself if needed. Cannot tell you how many times I have been walking down the hall and I've noticed somebody, it's like, oh, no, not today, you, and I'll walk a different direction. Like, oh yeah, I forgot this thing. So I'll walk away from that person just because I don't want to hear the negativity. And it may not even be that they are negative, but it just, um, that they're gossip trained and that's not your style of thing. So know who to spend time with and know who not to. Tip number six, smile. Um, this is a weird one. You can make what you want of it, but it's just, just be friendly to people. Don't, don't make a big deal out of the whole smile one. I'm, I'm not sure I agree with this one. Number seven, be mature. And this kind of goes into eight to not judge or assume. Have some common sense, you know, try to try to be a full circle thinker or critical thinker when somebody else is being negative and they're offering you a lot of bad karma. Um, don't feed into it. Don't add to it. Don't throw fuel in that fire. Um, set positive boundaries. That's kind of a given. And then maintain a realistic um, POV. I could not figure out what that POV was. Uh, point of view. Thank you. I was like, what is that? I'm sure I know what it is. God dang it. Being realistic doesn't have anything to do with being positive or negative. It's just taking the data and the facts and then trying to come up with the, the possible outcomes. Being positive and being optimistic are also not the same thing. And I will do an article on that later. I don't have the time here today. But re maintain a realistic point of view. Realize you're not going to change the negative people in your company. So accept them for who they are and just try to work with them and work around them. And at some point you can even say, Hey, I think we've come to a point in our relationship where I can say this. You just always seem like you're down or upset about something. <laughs> you just, I heard that. I was trying to pull up the next article and it has sound. <laughs> it, had, it had autoplay. But at some point in time, you will develop a relationship with those negative people because it's inevitable. You're going to work closely with them at some point in time and just say, hey, I've noticed this. Are things cool? And just try to go back to that compassion one. No big deal. And maybe even throw a little smile in there so that the tip number six makes sense. So that's how you get along with negative people at work. Yeah, I think those are really good points. Um, you know, certainly uh, learning to deal with negative people at work or at home uh, it's certainly an art form, uh, you know, and you can't just always separate yourself from them. So uh, mm -hmm. great tips. I think I think those are something that uh, it's really important to be mindful of. Yeah, I agree. So why did the article? <laughs> That's right. That's <laughs> Th right. Thank you, Captain Obvious. <laughs> <laughs> thank you again, sir. Now let's go to, oh, I've been dying to do this. Let's go to the career fail. Let's go to do career fail. Career fail of the week. All right. So on career fail, uh, you have your friend, <laughs> Governor Cuomo, out We're there so in New close. York. He's, yes. uh, I'm going to try and bring the article up here. You're probably going to hear some sound because <laughs> that's what I got last time. Uh, but here's the article, uh, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo's COVID-19 controversy. And this is sort of explained and I'm going to cut this off before uh, <laughs> before we get all the noise. But so tell us what this is all about. So we already talked about Cuomo earlier in the news segment. And I wanted and I brought this up again because um, he has made an, a really foul career move here. And this what he's done. And we've already talked about he could have potentially have ruined his career. We'll see what happens. But. This goes back to something we've talked about on the show previously. So when you make a mistake, you own it. You say, yes, I did that. Apologize for it if it makes sense to you. Not -uh. every mistake, <laughs> right? 
Not every mistake needs to be apologized for. It just, they just don't. So don't waste your time with apology every single time. But when you make something, when you, when you make this big of an error where it's, you've become known for your leadership in one specific area, and this is the specific area where you made a huge folly, own it. Do not point the light on somebody else. Don't finger somebody else for the blame. Don't push it off as you don't know what you're talking about. This is what really happened. Own it. People will respect you so much more and they will learn to trust you so much quicker if they know they can rely on you. And so these are the kinds of things that Cuomo could be using to build himself up and say, yes, I did screw that up. I sure did. I was afraid for this reason and play into it. It's you've got a feelings culture right now where everybody is all about the emotion and what you were going through and how traumatic it was and how stressed you were. He could have totally played into this and said, yeah, this is mine. I did this and I probably should be held accountable. And I hope that you guys give me the opportunity to fix this, to make it right. To I, There was a lot of lives lost. I know a lot of people, a lot of apologies and some sympathy flowers. So this is an excellent a sadly excellent example of where not taking ownership makes you look like a giant burrow. <laughs> Let me put it that way. And being that turd, you know, he's the giant turd. <laughs> turd. That's another good one. That's an excellent one. So that's what this is about is just own your faults. Faults are good to have. Mistakes are good to make. They're learning lessons. What this, when you can't take ownership of something like this, what this tells people, the message that you send is that you don't know how to learn. You don't know how to grow. You don't know how to develop. And you sure as hell don't know how to accept yourself. That So he's de- revealing a lot of his internal struggles um, with not taking ownership of this. And sadly, a lot of people died because of, of what he did. And, and now a lot of people are going to continue to hurt because he won't own it. Yeah, I mean, that's the sad thing, right? Is that people's lives are at stake here, right? And, uh, you know, I, I yeah. think sadly, I don't think he'll ever really... Um, face the consequences of of no. his decisions and and be not being transparent with the public, but um, I, I I wish he would, but I, I don't think that's going to no. happen. No, I think what bothers me the most about this whole thing is he has no feeling of guilt. There's literally people who died because of a decision that he made, and then he covered up their deaths so that he wouldn't get into trouble. Mm. That's what bothers me the most is he doesn't even have any emotional ownership in this. To him, it's like people died. Yeah. And he literally is on camera saying, yeah, and what's the problem? Yeah, I mean, I hate to say it, but that's classic narcissistic trait, right? Yeah, and and yeah, what have is. we said before, it kind of takes somebody who's a narcissist to become politically involved these days because the media is so nasty to everybody. So, yeah, uh, I, I mean, I would expect that you're going to see more of the same out of our politicians just because that's the way it is. Right. Yeah. Unfortunately so. So there's your career fail of the week. Cuomo makes the list yet again. I think he's made my list at least twice, along with Governor Newsom from the great state of California. And I'm sure these two will make my list yet again. And this list is going to become like the top 10 where I'm not even going to explain their actions. We're just going to list the top 10 for the week and move on. That's where this thing is going. All right. And with that, we're going to move into the IT corner. Let's talk tech. You're in the IT corner. All right. So this week I am wicked excited because. Oh God. uh, Talk about the nerd in the room. The nerd is coming out for sure. Oh, Um, so so nerdy. 
So to to produce this podcast, uh, this video cast, we use a thing called the ATEM Mini uh, ISO Pro. It's a, it's a video switcher, uh, and uh, I'm going to bring a picture of it up here. Um, so today, the company that makes that switcher is called Blackmagic. They introduced a new model, and uh, I'm going to show you here. Um, down at the bottom is the current uh, switcher that we have right now. And their new model has eight inputs instead of four and can do a bunch of other fancy features. So I am totally nerding out about this thing. And uh, please send us money now so that I can buy it. That's that's really what this is all about. Uh, so, earlier us, was, so earlier was a GoFundMe set up. Here's the GoFundMe kickoff. If you'll just go fund us now, that would be great. <laughs> that is awesome. I, I'm not stupid. I, I mean, you know, this stuff costs money. I, I wasn't kidding when I said it wasn't free to do this podcast. <laughs> right? So. No, we need the equipment to sound good and look good, folks. Come on, help us out. Let's make this give Help Chris be a happy geek. Would you please? <laughs> yes, happy geek. But, you know, I think this is, a, is to, to me, this is a feel-good tech story, right? Because a company like Blackmagic came out with a switcher and, and just so happened to be positioned right before the pandemic. Um, and then there was huge yeah. response to these switchers and people were using them for all sorts of things that they never envisioned. Um, and people said, well, it's kind of missing this and this and this. And so they went back and they actually included those features in the new product. So uh, bravo on them for, you know, uh, upgrading the product and, and putting it out on the market. And uh, they're not, you know, taking the old products away. They're just improving on what they've got. So this is, you know, one of those things where I really like to see where a company, uh, and, you know, takes their customer suggestions and improves on it. That's awesome. That's really cool. We need to get yeah. that toy for you. We do need to. So go to Patreon and send us a couple bucks and uh, and we'll have a new switcher. But one of the features that this new switcher does would allow us to have uh, both of our faces on the screen at the same time uh, like we used to do when we were using StreamYard. So uh, super happy about that. Uh, I have a feeling I'll probably be ordering this thing before all the Patreon donations come in. Uh, but uh, yeah, certainly uh, is uh, kind of cool to see the technology um, the, the neat thing is, I'll bring this up again, um, this little switcher here is, um, you know, about half the size of a sheet of paper, uh, the one on the bottom here, and, you know, it costs, uh, the one that I have cost $12.95 originally, um, I think they're $9.95 now, but, um, you know, this technology, even five years ago, would have been ten dollars or $15,000, it was, you know, several thousand dollars to get the capability that these machines have now uh, for, you know, around a thousand bucks, so... Uh, really amazing that the technology, the cost of technology has gone down. Um, mm -hmm. And it's small and portable, too. Nice. Portable's good. Portable good. is good. So uh, with help that. Us out. <laughs> so, yeah. Send us money so we can buy stuff. All right. We, need to just, we just need to send up a GoFundMe page. That's how people really make the dough. That's what so, cool. so <laughs> should, should I, uh, you know, like put like shoot, you know, like make myself look beat up and hold my little switcher here and so I can get the pathetic vote? I'm thinking if you just take something out of your garage and apply it to your body somewhere and then go on TikTok, like we've got the business model already laid out for us and it's clearly successful. Let's just follow Gorilla Glue's model. We'll change it up a little bit. We'll have the money in no time. I mean, I do Done. have Gorilla Glue, but the thing is, if I put it in my hair, people probably wouldn't notice because <laughs> I use this spiking gel glue anyhow. <laughs> I just wouldn't well, have see, to the, do it every day. It's already been done. We can't repeat. It's got to find something new, a new angle. Find any, you know, I don't know. It's I can't know. Like 
I don't know what's in a garage. Let's ask Bo. Bo will know. We'll we'll ask Bo. He'll know what to use. Well, He's got a I whole got, garage full of stuff. I got a lot of stuff in the garage that would probably be more permanent than I would like to be. So I'm not I'm not willing to go that far. But anyhow, yeah. Uh, oh. But anyhow, the the A10 Mini ISO series uh, switchers are really cool. Do lots of fun stuff with them. So um, I guess good on the pandemic for making this little piece of equipment <laughs> right. famous and uh, for encouraging the company to uh, to keep upgrading their stuff. So awesome. Uh, with that, you ready to go to Media Madness? Yeah, we definitely should. <laughs> Welcome to Media Madness. All right, so Media Madness here. Uh, this week I've got a uh, show called Mr. Mayor. Uh, and uh, I, if you remember the good place that, that I talked about a while back <gasps> incessantly. Yeah, uh, this is kind show. of a. Uh, <gasps> I'm wondering if this is almost in the same universe as uh, as the Good Place because uh, you know it does have uh, oh who's the main guy Tony uh, Ted Danson Ted Danson Ted Danson Ted Danson so yeah Ted Danson of of Cheers fame right uh, so he's oh, the main yes. character uh, and the story goes he apparently uh, became mayor because the old mayor quit and they had an election and he kind of threw his hat in the ring as a joke kind of not well not really as a joke but not thinking he was going to win and then he won and became mayor and and uh, so far there's seven episodes out it's really entertaining um kind of a funny thing but I'm, I'm really wondering if this is kind of uh tied into the same universe as the good place and maybe at the end he dies you know and goes to the good oh, place God. or whatever i, I don't know I, I would think there'd be a good tie in there but anyhow really entertaining show it's uh it's i think i watched it on Apple TV or Hulu or something like that. So it's on the streaming services. Nice. That'll be awesome. He's a great actor. I enjoy watching him. So I will definitely have to get into this one. And I mean, he looks like the same guy, but I mean, it's, <laughs> I thought it looked like a spinoff at first, but uh, this will be interesting. I'm going to have to. Yeah. I, I, that's what I thought too. When I started watching it, I'm like, you know, he's kind of dressed just like the guy from the good place. And yeah. Uh, so that's why I was thinking maybe they're, they're in the same universe. So, and, and, and so we are, how many episodes are we in on this one? Seven? Yeah. Uh, I think, yeah, there, there's seven episodes total and they're probably dropping, you know, one a week or whatever. So, uh, so is this on like, is it just a streaming platform? It's, it's on Peacock. So is it, can you catch it on the, like the, the actual cable NBC or. Yeah, I think you can, uh, you can watch there's... it on any of the streaming channels there. I, I don't remember exactly which one I watched it on, but. Uh, it, it was on one of the Apple TVs or the, nice. Hulu. I have Apple TV and Hulu, uh, and Amazon prime. So it was on one of those. Let's okay. just put it that way. <laughs> Very good then. <laughs> awesome. tell, tell us about what you've got. Well, what I have, um, hold on just a second. I had a message come in. Um, so what I have is a book. Yay. Yawn. Boring. Right. Um, but actually I'm really kind of stoked about this book. It's, um, I'm teaching a class for WSU Tech, and uh, this is one of the books that you have to read. It's not very big. There's a lot of space between the words, and so it's it's not like an overwhelming book, but it's written by Mark W. Schaefer, and if anybody is familiar with him that is um, a social media guru, he is the social media guru. I've been learning a lot from him, trying to apply his knowledge to the things that, you know, to this show and to a few other areas, but this particular book is outstanding. 
And the reason that it's outstanding, it's, it's called Known, the Handbook for Building and Unleashing Your Personal Brand in the Digital Age. And so it does focus a little bit about, um, it's, it's, I shouldn't say focuses a little, it is centered on um, how to make yourself, um, how to get yourself out there in social media. But the, the great thing about this book, the biggest takeaway from this book is it's called Known because Mark Schaefer draws the line between the difference of being known and being famous and so the difference in in those two is that being famous is is like gorilla glue girl is now famous we know who she is we know why how we know how we know who she is she made a mistake she became famous for that mistake the problem is with her is she's got that um that um cliche 15 minutes of fame type of thing going on right here in a few years, we're going to forget about her. We don't even really know her name. We'll never remember her name, but we will always remember, oh yeah, Gorilla Glue Girl. Yeah, I remember her. She'll never be known for really doing anything. Like we will never think, we should look up that one girl. She knows all about this thing. You know, it's being known as, oh yeah, Mark Schaefer knows everything about social media. Let's contact him and see if we can get him to talk to our class about this. Or let's see if we can spend an hour strategizing with him. Or let's see if we can just have him email us 10 tips for social media, things like that. That's what I really loved about this book is, and it definitely made me stop and think about what do I want to be known for? What am I trying to do? I I always thought I had a purpose and I thought I knew that purpose, but it's like, wait a second. Um, I've had a few of um, those who are business savvy people tell me, hey, you need to be charging for your your talents and skills. You're not doing enough. And as I thought about it, it's like, God, I don't want to be known for just giving myself away. So I need to be what do I want to be known for? How do I want people to think of me when they're like, oh yeah, I know Tara Parker, you know, or yeah, I know Chris. And what is, what does that mean when they say, yeah, I know them? Well, this is what I know because right now they're going to say, yeah, Tara is super tall because that is definitely what I'm known for being is tall, but I want to be known for a little more than that. And so this book helps. Um, it's got a workbook that can go along with it if you're interested, but it just, it unpacks how to figure out what to be known for, how to figure out what you want to be known for. And it, it walks you through that. And so it's not like your typical self-help book where it's like, if you say this mantra 10 times every day for a year, you're going to be fabulous. That's not how it works. Um, this literally walks you through your own brain and asks you those difficult questions of what are you doing? How are you doing it? How are you getting it out there to people? How do they know how to find you? How are you reaching your audience? Definitely recommend this book for anybody who's looking to get into social media, um, personal branding, just trying to be um, stand out at work. Even this will definitely help with that because you can apply the um, the tips from this book to just anything in life. So definitely a, a, a must read. Yeah, it sounds really good. I'm going to check it out. In fact, uh, you can read it on Kindle Unlimited, which I have. So I added that to my free books hey. that I'm going to read. And uh, I'm I'm right in the middle of a master's class, so I'm probably going to have to shelf that until <laughs> this class is over and I have a little bandwidth. But uh, yeah, definitely uh, one to check out because uh, you know certainly being known for something is really important these days. It's hard to stand out with uh, sort of all the noise that's out there. Yeah, it is. And this you got to know your niche and this helps you find that. So definitely need to, um, and even if you're just trying to find who you are, I'm going to have my, I'm not going to have him do it. That's not the right way to say that. I'm going to ask my son, offer this to my son who's still trying to figure some things out in the world. Cause I think this is definitely going to help him do that. So yeah, great read. Um, I'll read it, actually read it with my students when I go to do it. Awesome. Yeah. Great suggestion. And uh, so that kind of wraps up this show. And uh, before we leave, I want to do another shameless plug for the Patreon Yay! page. 
So that, shameless uh, plugs. Shameless plug for Patreon. So for as little as three bucks a month, you can uh, support your starving uh, podcast artists here so we can buy our expensive equipment uh, to bring you the show. So uh, head on over to uh, it's uh, patreon.com slash BAM podcast. That's B-A-M-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Uh, and again, we'll have links to it in the show notes uh, if you want to go there. So uh, with that, you want to wrap us up, Tara? I do, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Biz and Mayhem podcast. If you like this episode, um, if you, oh my gosh, I lost my train of thought. Holy crow. If you like this episode, show us a little love by posting a review on iTunes. Don't forget, once again, to send us a few bucks on Patreon or PayPal. We'll love you forever because I, Chris has already said it and made it perfectly clear. It's not free to do this. We want to keep doing this for you guys. We want to get you guys involved somehow. So help us out to get to the show notes for this episode, head over to bizandmayhem.com and look for season two, episode 27. And you can subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You also need to tell your friends about us. Don't just keep us to yourselves. Yes. We're good to share. Sharing is caring. So tell your friends about us. Um, Tell them to find us on Facebook. They don't have to be friends with us to find us on there, but we would love to get to know you guys. Um, and if you have ideas for the show, share them with us. We're always open to whatever makes you guys happy. This show is partly yours. So help us out and tell us what you want to hear. So until next time, guys and Chris, have some fun in the mayhem. Have fun in the mayhem. We'll see you, everybody. Bye. The Biz and Mayhem podcast is produced by Check 6 Creative Studio. If you have a podcast or have been wanting to start one, let us know. All right, we, We'd love to help you produce and edit off. your podcast. Okay, We'd also love to work with your business on marketing and show, video production. Yeah, it was. Visit the, us on the, the web at check6studio.com. That's C-H-E-C-K-S-I-X-S-T-U-D-I-O.com. Let us know you heard about us on the Biz and Mayhem podcast. I was realizing that as I was reading them tonight.